2: okay you welcome to the Paul
1: price show we're about to go live on social media as well uh, Yay. was welcome to the offer of for
2: Yay! Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Paula Price Show. We are back. We are back from Thanksgiving, from the summit, from the mountain top. We were at the summit, at the summit. Yes. Mm. And then we were at the banquet table for Thanksgiving. <laughs> And so we're here uh, kicking off the beginning of the end of 2019. Before we roll into 2020, you know today is going to be powerful, hot, fiery, and all those great things from Dr. Paula Bright. And so before we shift to what she has for us today, i want to give you a few announcements so you can stay connected with us. First, I want to start off by saying we are in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Quite a few people don't realize we are here in T-Town. And so if you want to visit, if you want to stop by, I'm going to tell you about the congregation of the mighty where God stands. You know, it's interesting because when we say our, our church name, people are like, ooh, that's, that's powerful. That's powerful. I, I had thought of a, a church name to be that before. And, I you know, it's sad that we don't really have kingdom-powered churches names like about how god is powerful. we have family this and mission that and so on and so forth but to say the congregation of the mighty where god stands is it's an eye-opener for people does anybody else experience that when you tell people the name of our church they're like oh now that's interesting Hmm." and so here is uh information for you. You can take a look. We're Sundays. Sunday school is 8 a.m. And then service at 10 a.m. You can join us in Bixby, Oklahoma. Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. We are back at the church for Wednesday Warriors with Chief Prophet Tala Price. And you can come anytime. We have come home to roll through and stay. We have online members who roll through and visit and wish they could stay. And say oh I just want to come back and I can't wait and we can't wait to have you so we are always there every single Sunday we are having church at the congregation of the mighty now this Sunday is what dr. Price has revived let's talk soul Sundays. you can see it right there on your screen join dr. Price author of not just the prophet's dictionary and also 3d distress to success for soul training and our discussions have been the impact of the word on the soul, the addiction of the soul, and a Q&A session. I tell you she is don't trust moving around the screen and you get a visual of what's happening in your soul every time. So every second Sunday of the month, only at the Congregation of the Mighty, we don't stream this online and I know you know because you haven't seen it. Is it showing up?
0: oh
2: no we can't hear hmm let's see here okay. pausing for tech let's see if I do that maybe that'll help I using something so can you hear us now anybody we don't say you know, you're doing so well can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Hmm. Let's see. No. No, no,
0: no. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to keep on talking for the radio folk and for YouTube. too. Hi, YouTube. We're still going to keep it moving for you. While we resolve this with the Facebook guys, I we'll go back out and come back on and see if if we're back connected with the Saints. And uh, and so we have Soul Sunday, 3:30 p.m. at the Congregation of the Mighty. If you are in Tulsa, if you're rolling through the area, we have some people who slide in between their church service, morning, evening service, uh, and you can do that as well. And and you you don't want to miss this. You you know it's she says still no sound no sound no sound.
0: Okay. Mm. Come on now.
2: Let's see. Doo-doo. Okay. What about now? We had no issues with this before. Okay. So, here's what we're going to do. Pull out plan A. (laughs) Come on, people. Pulling out plan A. Okay. Let's see. But you can see me. Can you see me? Okay, well, do we go. And so, Congregation Mighty Sunday, it's happening. Uh, we will be there, like I said, every Sunday. And so, Sunday is this Sunday. We also have Dr. Price's new website, which. Oh, you can hear me now.
0: Ah. <laughs>
2: okay it's up now you should be able to hear me now all right can you hear me now don't shut me off now Steve. you just got me up and running okay So Dr. Price also has a website, www.drpaulaaprice.com. And you want to go there for everything. If you want to find out how to get to her university, priceuniversity.org. you want to find out how to sew, take an assessment, connect to the church website, connect to the NEAR website. You can do that at www.drpaulaaprice.com, 24-7. It's a new website, new overhaul. You will love it. It is. It's Dr. Price. That's all we're going to say. It's Dr. Price. She's big on the front and everything is just big. And that is Dr. Price. And we love it. And Don't we love it? We love it. Sunday. Oh, my goodness. Sunday at the Congregation of the Mighty. Can we say what just happened? what just happened at the Congregation of the Mighty. If you missed Sunday's sermon, then you missed it. But don't worry, it's not gone forever. It's still up online. She taught on understanding our new creation. We are going deep in this pedigree revelation breakdown. Do you know why it's deep? Because God is eternal. And eternity is a mighty long way. It just kind of keeps going. That's why it's eternal. (laughs) And the revelation that she is bringing forward, I'm telling you, there's a lot of preachers out there and doctrine out there sounding deep, but really being shallow. This is deep, and deep does not mean complicated and confusing. Deep means not shallow. You know, shallow, ankle, deep, neck. It's all water. It's all about how high up it goes in your body. And so this is a deep revelation Because there's so much about our Christianity that we cannot articulate, so much that we do not understand, so much that we're thinking, how do I know, and we don't know, and many Christians walk around believing, God is confused. We're walking around believing, he missed the bus. He missed the boat. He missed some things in the word of God, because true apostles, and I, I started I started hoping on this yesterday, Dr. Price, my broadcast. That true apostles connect you to eternity from Dr. Price's book, ABCs of Apostleship, 2, discipling apostolic Christians. And the issue now with many contemporary apostles, they're not they have no eternal revelation, which is why their messages are coming down to the flesh. Coming down to your Christian experience, your your carnal experience, your experience on earth. Very little do we hear has anything to do with eternity. And if it does, it's probably like heaven and the spirit, but not really eternal as in our origin from before the garden, where we came from. You know, this was an ancestral thing. This would be like we are exploring our ancestry, our history as Christians, and not not just in who wrote what in, okay, we, we did this, but what does that mean? When you do your heritage, and we have, my family has, on my dad's side, we have a whole book. And I'm in the book. I'm like, hey, there I am right there. And in the line of claytors and the tree and the way it came in and England and this and that and the other parts of the world that form what we call our family tree. Well, in our pedigree, exploration, deep dive, archive, opening. See, this is a real mystery that's been revealed. When you study scripture, you learn that the Lord reveals his mysteries. He reveals them to his apostles and his prophets. That's who should have the mysteries and unlocking the true eternal mysteries and not just saying some cool deep things that sound like, whoa, but you really actually can't trace it. And you can't trace it past the sermon or past a, a, a sermonizer into the eternal realm and so our pedigree is not just saying we're children of God because you know we sang that in the end, I'm so glad that I'm a boy, I'm a of God. we have songs about being the children songs about but guess what that doesn't really help you with anything Just like in your own family tree, if you have to go to the doctor for some sort of extensive medical procedure, you need to know your family history, which is why when you are either adopted or raised in the foster system, never had any connection to your biological roots, it can be very challenging to know what to expect, even, or to find out what is happening. And so with our pedigree, Dr. Price is breaking this thing down. I mean, it is line upon line upon line upon line upon line. Upon line. <laughs> and then there's more lines. <laughs> well, I think we might get the precepts of 2020. <laughs> We're still online. Line number is 72.5 and a half and three quarters. And this is the see line of Christ, line of David, line of Abraham line of Moses we throw in the line we're in the lineage this line and this line and this line because that's genealogy genealogy isn't quick it isn't fast and it isn't in a hurry when you are studying genealogy you are saying oh this line goes all the way back did you know that we all in the line huh? did you know now we do that on earth because we can see the value But we haven't even been taught the possibility of tracing our eternal lineage. And that's what we are learning in our pedigree. I love the congregation of the mighty where God stands because it's for Christians who want to be smart. Smart in Christ. Plenty of people are smart in the world, smart in their career, uh, smart in their profession, but dumb in Jesus. We are getting rid of the dumb in Jesus saints. Just dumb don't know nothing let me say it just like that don't know nothing about our Lord our Savior where we come from and don't care to we've been taught it's not even important the only thing we need to know about heaven is we're going to get there one day where's my address? I got my GPS for my castle in the sky right We just not my deluxe apart I got a castle because the word says I have a mansion so here's my address I'm putting in my GPS to see where in heaven is my mansion and it better be that big one that I'm praying about, not some little mansion in heaven I want a big one. And we talk about the feasts, and we talk about the, the saints and everything. And, and that's really about all. We have no real um, foundation for heaven being a real place. That is, we're, we're Johnny Cup lately, dumbed down version, all the way over here. And we really do have the audacity to think we're higher than God. This is how stupid you know we are. We really, and I just have to use these kind of words because it's nonsense. It is nonsense. Well, it's nonsense that you think you also you think your are what? My ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher all the way through scripture. So God tells us all so much in the Word. So much. No, uh, no, 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 no. You are but dust. You are. A, you are who did you say less? I thought it was blade of grass. <laughs> blade of grass. And then we know you know what happens to grass? It dies when it gets cold. It burns if it doesn't get water. It gets cut if it's in the yard. Grass is fleeting, just fleeting. And, And totally, you don't even think how important it is until there is no grass to anchor down the dirt. And so we're just fleeting, and we walk around with this arrogant, cocky belief system that God is going to change everything about himself, and he should, the same way arrogant kids do with their parents. But I'm the kid, and I'm this, and I have feelings, and I have whatever, and so you shouldn't impair a real parent. It's like, go oh, sit down. Where did you even come from? Well, you said, "Come on, back in the day when the Cosby Show before Bill Cosby, you know, is where he is right now." It was like, what was their mentality as parents? You have nothing. I do. This is my house. Your bedroom is my stuff, everything you have, we bought you. You own nothing, not even the clothes on your back, nothing. And that's really the posture we need to start taking with God that we really are nothing without Him. It is because of Him. And because we have this liberating, self exalting doctrine and belief system, we are so far off the mark. So, our Pedigree series, which is going to go on and on because the Lord is eternal. This revelation, I mean, bless his name, we don't even know how long this thing can go on, but I'm sure we're about to find out. Buckle in. (laughs) Hold fast. (laughs) It's about to get exciting. Put your tray up and your seat in its upright position because we're about to take off into the high skies of eternity to meet the Lord in the sky instead of always making him come down here. But now we will actually be equipped to do so. And so, again, we have the uh, pedigree series on sale online. You can order CDs and digital downloads, audio downloads of the sermon. Yes, Dr. Price uh, has her own stash CDs. She already told us what she wants for Christmas. Well, she told me, but she wants. I, mean, for I
1: told everybody who asked. She told everybody. I, thought, I don't know. I'm probably gonna end up with 15 of them, but i No, I'm no, not. everybody, don't get. She wants a
2: rotating CD player, so she, Oh no, play. I found one that you can put 300 CDs in it. Don't Come play. on, mess with me. Don't play. I <laughs> said, I
1: said. <laughs> you know, I told God, you know, you're know, so sad. She told God, like all the technology in the world really can't serve you, you know, and. So, the, 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 if the internet doesn't work right, uh-huh. if the download doesn't work right, if your phone, your phone battery's out, if the, uh, the app thing got bugged, I was like, can we just go back to drop and flip? Yes. I just want to drop it yes. and flip.
2: But you can tell, no matter what they tell us about a lot of this technology. It's irritating. Well, and, and you're on screen now. I just want to you're Hi, screen. y'all. Okay. It's irritating. Yes, which is why. All of these older methods that they told us were gone forever. Just like they keep trying to tell us that cash is going to disappear. You've been staying up for 40 years. Uh We still have cash because trust me, when those systems go down, you're either going to get your meal for free, if you don't have well, you're just going to have to take it because we can't take your money uh-huh. because so many people don't no, care. Yeah, yeah. and, and so <laughs> the more they, they tell hard. us all of this about technology, the more they tell us about technology, the more we keep going back. And we, you and I had this whole conversation the other night about what? Record players. Record players. That. That's not,
1: Record players are back. Making a huge comeback. Well, they never they die. Cause you know what? Your playlist may let you down, but your jukebox will juke.
2: Well, <laughs> your playlist will always let you down. Trust me, there's one dead spot in my neighborhood. I'm like, okay, waiting,
1: waiting, waiting, okay, waiting, waiting. Wait. Get out of the gate. Come on. And how about this? If what they don't anticipate is people's disappointment pushed back. Yes. People, when you miss, you cause them to miss their wonderful moment, their special moment, their if, unforgettable, can't repeat yes. moment. Because you don't have a passcode. Because now that we've come into the password era, they're nuisance. Yes. They're nuisance. Yes. I'm like, you all are really trying to force us into a single-mindedness we don't want. We're not this generation already. ready. So we don't. I want a CD collection. I, be, I bought myself a DVD player. Yeah, you know I want to. I'm going to play, can't play nothing. Can't just put my little jump drives in there. I can play. I'm gonna have to, and I'm going to pay eight bucks to watch a 30-minute show. Who wants to do that? Nobody. I was like, no, y'all, uh-uh. they? Because, see, this, these are people living in their lives, not That's your right. world. That's right. See, their lives is not your world. They're living in their little playroom, their little work spots. They club, are. Hey, this is what we do. But you know what? We out here in the where the world has to change this. Oh, come on. We're still in the old ways. So I said, I've I, I tried over and over again. i played the thing. I said, uh, okay, well, you don't have that. But this is not part of it. Well, you got to do. And can we talk about the endless pop-up commercials? No. <laughs> you put your DVD in, you don't have to worry about a commercial. No, you, you put don't. your DVD in, you don't have to worry about it. You buffering. Of- oh, book but, <laughs> but how about you're in the middle of a major project? You you go on there and you... Uh, yes. Decide that you want to look up something, you got to and be loud. Don't be in a quiet place because now they're putting sound on it. So they're embarrassing you so everybody knows what you're doing. <laughs> Oh, you think <laughs> okay. it's working? Okay. Yeah, i that last month. Don't worry about it. It's not worth it. So I'm like, now <laughs> technology is going to make me push back because humanity is fun.
2: And you know what they're realizing too? Young people, the hollowness of the digital sound. Yes. No matter how many layers and things no that you more. can do with digital, when you hear analog, when they hear records, when you hear cassettes, there is a depth to it that they have told us in the end is just noise.
1: Mm-hmm. But, you know but we actually call it life. And and you know what else? It's what they listen to. Most people listen to analog voicing, us talking, more than they listen to anything else. So when they hear that, it's a familiar sound, and it's also a compatible sound. Mm -hmm. That's why they keep saying, we're we're sounding more human. No, 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 y'all not pulling it off. I know you think you're pulling it off. Now, do I like technology so we don't think I'm having this campaign? But that's right. Well, we have said, I mean, we, we're upgrading
2: our technology.
1: But but you know what? That not everything should change when change comes.
2: Oh, she said not everything should change when, when change comes. comes.
1: That's good. Because that's what we do. You know, we're the baby in the bathwater, pull those baby, let <laughs> those baby out, got to go down the drain, everything. But not everything should change when change comes. Some things just would do benefit by augmentation yeah. and development maybe. Enlargement enhancement, but we this whole thing is they're pushing us into a, wipe, a wipeout A wife of a life that we can't live because we're not in a lab mm-hmm. See, we don't work in your field. We work in our field mm-hmm. You know because I mean because you, you can look at the changes that they're posing on you. They're totally Introspective is introspective yes. to their world yes. and they keep telling us that they're doing it for us But then they tell us how we have to become them to Enjoy it and master it. You see, that crazy. Uh-huh. Don't ask me, don't get me started because you know that. I'm so mad, man. I was mad. I'm on a plane, can't play my stuff. The stupid little wheel. That's, I'm sorry, my side is, is not <laughs> on this here. I'm sorry. <laughs> they not, no, we're experiencing turbulent weather.
2: And we live in Tulsa, and now it's really the whole country that the weather can just cut up at any time. And so you might have power, but you don't have service. No. No. And so your your uh, internet is down, which means your whole house is down. Yes. I would not have a smart house. Are you kidding ever. me? I'm I need a key. Ever.
3: A key.
1: I first know how all the garage doors look. I want to know who's smarter than my house because right. I, I to be scared of <laughs> who's smarter than my house. See, I'm, i you know I'm, I'm old school. I'm telling you yes. that this generation has been psyched into um, buying into unsafe Practices unsafe uh, situation, unsafe technology. I mean, these people are bumping technology on you and paying folks to breach it so they can get your information. Uh See, I want to know the smarter man. I'm the smarter man. Who is the smarter man? So I will never have a smart house. I will never have Alexa. I will never have Echo. I think they serve a purpose. God bless Mm -hmm. y'all who need them. Dr. Solar Price will never do Alexa. Will never do echo because that means they're always surveilling your home. Yeah, exactly. yeah, baby can't. Baby can't, no. Mm-hmm. no I'm put a nice little microphone up there <laughs> but I'm not, I'm, Because you know, they can pull it off in a generation of your because you all don't know better. I did it. I'm telling you, I said it's all. I'm on.
2: She's going to tweak it. Tweak, girl, time. tweak. Because we need to hear this wisdom. But it is. Oh, Marisa,
1: do Oh. <laughs> really loved it. Yeah. But, but and I think that there's a lot to be said for technology because, frankly, I would need to be around it. Oh, we need technology. it. Yeah. We need it. But everybody needs to know when we have breached service and safety and gone into vulnerability. Right mm-hmm. now, technology makes you vulnerable. Yeah, it does. And that wasn't where we started. We started out, we were all happy. Well, this is great, man. I oh, do one I mean, well made that's reachable? No, but the thing that gets me is when you play the games, they don't force you to pay them to play. Yeah. So what they do is they'll just keep popping up ads that yell at you in the middle of the night. You sitting yeah. there trying to unwind, and then you got this stupid little ad that's yelling at you in the middle of the night. If I wanna watch television, like I got one. I could use that. Thank but you. That, but, so we are moved into the unsafe. We're in. We, they put us in that unsafe, vulnerable place. Yeah. Where we can be victimized by whomsoever will. Now you know, growing up, us who, us who are over some age. I mean, you think about it. Look, at the, look at the dating apps. You all your life, it's like don't talk to strangers. Yes. <laughs> yes. All your life, yes. your kid don't talk to strangers. Yes. Now your kid is talking to strangers and meetings. That's vulnerability. That's victimhood. And so in my mind, I was like, no, there is no way. That this is gonna turn out for humans because profiteering has never cared about human, t- human, okay, humans or their their place or their lack thereof.
4: Uh, James Wright said, "People like me, I can get into your home via the TV, your router, and can circumvent your keyless door entry. They exactly. can
2: listen to your
1: conversation through your office phone microphone. Yes. Well, okay. So who who is the smarter man? Because I'm telling you, you know, and you know my hot button. I said it Sunday. The Ancestry.com people, what are they doing with your biological liars? okay? You are giving them permission to make versions of you and your genetic tree through uh, AI, into AI. (laughs) Who, who, and the gullibility of humanity. That's what, I didn't, I promise you, I had a lot of issues with the Bible, A lot of issues with Jesus when I first started, because I was convinced that we were smarter than him. I'm like, you ain't here. You know, you don't <laughs> <So> that, <laughs> you know, have a home, apartment, nothing. It, uh-uh. Okay? You're not in the system. How can you know? But when I start, when we when we start moving towards this direction that we're in right now, I begin to realize how accurate Scripture is. Humans are gullible. Yes. Humans are naive. Mm-hmm. Humans are, I- I'm telling you, there's very few, minded you can you know, just because somebody wears a dress you like, they better than you. Who yes. does that? Well, but the, I think Dr. Price, this can only happen when we're
2: where we are now where uh is sentimentality and emotionalism rate exactly. and drug addiction. Yes. Because all of those things between now with the cannabis half the city's hot. Everybody's and happy. And then probably right, falsely happy <laughs> and, and then we not how <laughs> you're <highly laughs> hungry. <laughs> and so everything is about the appetite, the appetite, feed the appetite. And so they play on that. They play on your image. They play on everything but thinking, which is what you taught us years ago when we were in college. Uh, this was early 2000. Mm-hmm. And at that time, the phrase, I'm not feeling it, was, mm-hmm. you know, that was one of the phrases. I'm just not feeling that, I'm not feeling that. And she said, let's talk about this, I'm not feeling that. And we were like, "What?" Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Dr. Price was really that leader that was just like <laughs> on your cultural high. <laughs> okay, you riding high on culture.
0: Shoop, boom!
2: Oh, ah, that's too. Oh, that's too. And to the saints who did not want to know the truth, it was too much. Yeah. But for the people who did, it was just right. It was like, oh, wait, we're being played. Yep. You be with that phrase, we're being played with this. Start with the beat. She was. She told us back then about rap beats and hip hop beats and how they were uh, a lot of a lot of African, native African beats and they were witch doctor beats and this that and how they would bring them over, which is why people were
1: mesmerized and hypnotized by the beat. Yep. Because anything aesthetic takes your mind offline. So when it's aesthetic, (laughs) because all of your faculties go into feeling and enjoying the experience, and that is what gorgeous happens and design. So that's why people fall in love. As a matter of fact, we're going to get into my teaching and tell you what we're doing. But that's why when people fall in love, they lose their mind
0: Mm. because
1: they don't make they they make dumb decisions because they have not learned to balance their judgment system with their sentiments. And since feeling feels better than thinking, you know how many times you think people say, i got a headache. You know, when I talk to people and they go into my head and what I'm like, that's because your, your, your appetites are too great. Your appetites are more powerful and more potent than your intelligence.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And see, there's, there's meant to be a balance, and I talk about that in my um, training that I'm doing. Because I'm like, um, you know, we, you don't realize how we got here. We didn't get here by thinking. You take over nations not by thinkers. You take over nations with, by feelers. Nations crumble under feelings. Mm-hmm. Thinkers secure. That's why people, why do we have Common Core and all these other programs where feeling is the most dominant thing? You're talking about a kid three years old. I feel like a boy and I'm a girl. But well, you don't even know this. feel like a girl. Who can trust that? But you change the parameters, and so they change the parameters. And as a result of changing the parameters, which they did by dropping your your, your guard. Thinking is a guard. Feelings are a gate. So you, you know, your feelings are the gateway to your guard. So, so what do we do? And this is going back, you know, because you know, I'm... It's going back to what the '60s when we had a whole heroin thing and we had a, a Woodstock. I think the worst thing that ever happened to America was Woodstock. Mm-hmm. And you know why? Because it inverted its guardianship oh. oh, wow. and it created a new paradigm called feel good, feel like, feel it. It feels good to you. Do it. So you know you can. And, and, and it's so funny because they were telling all of that stuff for recreational things and for emotional, sentimental things. But they don't want you to, if it, it felt good to break in that jewelry store. I mean, I just did it because I felt like it. it just, I just felt it. it. I mean, I was feeling it. I was feeling I should have that ring that was in the window. And that's where the, the paradox comes. But the essence of the population is to feel their way to death. Because your mind checks your, spirit, your feelings. Your thoughts check your feelings. So when, when I'm doing my teaching and, 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 and making, you know, trying to make this make sense to thanks to the people who we did it, we go, through, um, we go through the whole idea of the soul. I have a, a, a program called Soul of Success because your soul, your talent can take you where your soul can't keep you. Now, when I say this to secular Christians, they're like, but it's not a good thing. No. No. Otherwise, the problem is we have substituted the phrase emotional intelligence for soul health and Mm well-being. Because, see, the soul is more than your emotions. And so when we start teaching about it, and I I have been teaching about it, but um, to let you know how we train leaders. You all are disturbed with the leaders today. We're disturbed with secular and sacred leaders, church leaders, religious leaders. We're disturbed with them all. Why? Because they're master technicians. But the problem is they have incapable souls. Because Satan needs you to have a best soul so that he can put the spirits in charge of what you're called to do. Part of what made people susceptible to the feel-good, do-whatever mantra, theory, philosophy is a better word, um, is that religion has become too sterile, too intellectual. So people can find God either as a brain or a heart. But they can't imagine that he has a balanced brain and heart. I was talking to one of my mentees last night, one of the one that really wears me out, everybody gets to cover <laughs> I want you to know that Prophet Tamera on the process circle, that girl wears wear me out.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm going to tell you, I appreciate it, though, because she keeps me sharp. Because she has, you know, same folks on same And, you know, there are some, some folks that you can just tell them a little something, and they all right, know. But Dr. Price, if that's all I told them, what about this? So when y'all hear the prophet circle, you need to understand that's one a del- diligent girl. she shows. Sure. Ooh, honey, she's so. Stu- so I talked to her last night, and we were talking about scripture. And uh, and I said to her, what people miss when we go into the Old and New Testament dividers, what people miss. I'm gonna put this up on the screen. Oh, here, my thing. I'm there. I got, I am independent. The Lord let it work, so I don't get embarrassed. <laughs> But you don't realize that the Old Testament is all about God's soul. And the New Testament is about his spirit. So that is why he has no Old and New Testament. So the law, according to Luke, now God's version of the Old Testament is in Luke 24, 44. The law of Moses, the Psalms, and the prophets. Now that's what God calls. Why? Because they reveal his soul. His soul is, is, is important. When you look into um when you look into the scripture and you look up the word soul, and you look at how many times it's in the Old Testament versus the New And, you, and, and versus the, the times of the spirit, you'll find that there is a great disparity between them. So when you go into the Old Testament and you key in the word soul, it's going to tell you, first of all, it's hard to find spirit in the Old Testament, which is why people didn't get it. You know? Now, it's not that it's not in there. So from Genesis to Revelation, the word soul appears around 420 times. Now, spirit is there. Don't get me wrong. The spirit is there, but when God talks about spirit, he, he did talk about his Holy Spirit, but he also talked more about the soul. So, in, in comparison in the Old Testament, you'll stumble upon the word spirit 244 times, and a lot of it had to do with either God's spirit or the uh, fallen spirit, mortal. So, we're talking about eternal versus mortal spirit. The biggest part that God shared, because he was dealing with humanity's mortal state, mortal was his soul. That's why when people don't read the Old Old Testament and you have preachers that tell you that it's not valid, that is why you can't make good judgment concerning what God feels or what God is experiencing or what God is living. That's the essence of a prophet, and that's the essence of his father to tell you what the God of the land is feeling, living, and experiencing. So we get over to the new creation. Why is it that spirit and soul Powerful in the New Testament, you know, uh, and not just Old Testament. So don't get me wrong, but in the New Testament, Spirit is 261 times with 27 books, and none as long as Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah. Help me, Father. Oh, Deuteronomy, none of them are less. So if you t- if you do it comparatively, it's more time. So, but when you think of the New Testament and you look up the word soul, it's, a, it's, a di- it's 39 times. Because in the New Testament, God's dealing with the new creation. He's dealing with his pedigree. He's dealing with the offspring. And so now this is just Bible fundamental. We have a, a program at Christ University called Apostolic Prophetic Bible Education. And we actually compare theology with theology. And in that program, we show you why it takes apostles and prophets to break down and help you comprehend God. So we go from, we go from 244 to 39 because God knows that the Spirit will change the soul. But see, in the, before he had to show the difference between his soul and humanity's soul his righteousness, and a fallen soul. Does this help any of you all? Because if you don't, this is why you don't understand the Bible, because you're listening to people who just went there and read somebody's book about it, went and snatched it off the shelf and sat in some sort of council, conference, roundtable, convention, and came back with three things they liked, not the three things that God is. So, the Old Testament is valid because it's dealing with the soul of the Almighty and his, literally his psyche and psychological, logical experience with his handiwork, with his fallen creation. Now, y'all need to go ahead on the phone and see right now on that. Because I'll just set you forward. I'm you. And so when you, so, when you hear people talk about, you know, the Bible, this and that. One of the things that I don't, I do is I also separate Bible from scriptures because not everything is the inspired word of God. A lot of these new translations are without inspiration, so they weren't they're not authentic to God because they deal with the human experience and not God's experience. They deal with human purpose and destiny and not Jesus. So when you are when you're dealing with the scriptures, they say, "Dr. Price, how do you do this?" Because I told you, you all deal with text; I deal with the king, It's offered. Awesome. you deal with print; I deal with person. And you know that you deal with text because text you can manipulate. Satan can do a lot to, to manipulate your mind about a text or even a letter from your loved one. But when you meet the loved one, you say, "Oh," and, and they tell you they'll forward they know, but then they'll say you'll say, "Yeah, I read that. And this is what I got." They said, "Well, you misunderstood. You misread it. You mistook what I was saying." And now the person is thinking from their being what they wrote, and you're having an and they're having an entirely different perspective on you. because prison text is for distance, but for proximity, you deal with person. So I talked, She and I talked to you believe this is what we talked about? She took, they take took me on campus. And so, um, so this is what we talked about last night, at, because she's teaching the class that I mentioned. And I said, she said, Donnie Frank, I couldn't even get past. It. I don't know what <laughs> I was Like, but was of it was like, what? The Christian that runs on text can be saved. Some of them can be sanctified, so I'm not saying that. But the Christian that runs on the author is where the potency is. You shall receive those 12 dot power when the Holy Ghost came on there. And then when the Holy Ghost came on others, they had more than purpose. Leaders, you're going to see world leaders. You're going to see church leaders. You're going to see the community leaders. God is shifting leaders because He has to separate wheat from the chaff for Him to go into the next generation. 2020 is a literal generation split shift, and you're going to see that. And, I, and 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 all of a sudden, things that have been vague and obscure and blurry are coming into perfect view. And you're going to see things like you've never seen before. In addition to 2020, of course, we were all here, you know, the obvious. You know, perfect vision, perfect sight. We all apply it to that. But that's something that the the Christian and the leader in Christ should know. 2020 is added up to 40, and 40 is the year of a new reign.
3: There
1: will be a new reign. A lot of the leaders that you're comfortable with will not be in their seat, and not for punishment's sake, but just because they've completed their Torah duty, their course of service. So we have clear vision on who should lead. That's what God is doing. But now we have these leaders. How are we going to train them? You cannot, you cannot utilize and invoke the problem causers as the solution. And that's what we want to do. A lot of the, the, uh, a lot of the previous ministers, the strongholds and the guards, the old guards that got us here, they can't hear God, because you have to be gutted to hear what God is going to do. And that, that's terrible. That's hard. And He has to gut you because he has to cut out the old for the new. If you read the Bible, everybody that was changing eras for God had to go through Haman's excavation of the soul. Haman. Jesus, he God. He Jesus comes with God. got to do 40 days in the wilderness starving. Why starving? Because appetites are literally uh, tactic one. That's why fasting is important when God's ready to do something. You just need to fast when he tells you, not when you feel like. So as we go into 2020, I'm telling you, it is the year that the, the year that kicks off the decade of the next region. It will split generation. There will be major generation splits. There's going to be congregation splits. There's going to be church splits. There's going to be literal splits in business businesses that uh, we got it sold up. They're going to find it, and that's a whole other thing. We'll finish this, but 40 is the year of ascension to rule and run it is your year of dominance that's why when people get 40 they get crazy <laughs> what do i do with my life and what, nobody even teaches them that it just comes to but i'm 40 years old what right. because everything you know many of you are in college right now you're playing around you're doing the party scene and you're you know in the whole Bronx thing going on but you're going to hit 40. will. <laughs> 40 times if you don't die. <laughs> I'm just telling you. And you are going to, a lot of you all are being disqualified by the spirit of the agencies and the realms of spirits that you are pursuing. And you're going to find yourself picked over. You're going to find yourself kept left out on the cold. Why? Because this is a different, if we're coming into an era of sobriety. That's why I know the cannabis thing ain't going to last long, because God has decreed sobriety on our nation. And, and addiction, he's decreed sobriety. And so they're going to find out a truth about that, a deception, a, a piece of hidden information to show you how we were deceived again, you know. Because feelings are easy to deceive. Because they can come to your mouth tasting well. But intellectual information is bitter to your stomach. Swift, uh, uh, that's why, you know, can be sweet. God said to John, he said, listen, the, the angel had the book in hand, and I mean these seven angels, and John is writing, 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 but God gave him a book. God gave, i want to say Ezekiel a book, but it's Ezekiel Isaiah, a book, and he told me to eat it. So when you eat God's Word, it tastes like good sugar, but when you get down there, it burns like fire. (laughs) That thing is like acid in your belly. That's how you know you hit something powerful in God. But if you can bite it, sniff it, bite it, chew it, swallow it, and then talk about how sweet it was to your tummy, you should be a little bit concerned. (laughs) This is not a hard and fast rule. It's just an example. So... The leadership move, because there will be a leadership sweeping leadership wave, hitting creation. I don't care what your nation is, creation. And the leadership that this one that that Satan has had, this one that this these principalities have had is coming to an end simply because God said, I have much people in this era and in this generation that I want and many I want to use. So the tangle, if your eyes were open to see the tussle in the spirit realm, it would stun you. It would scare you. But it would also uh, rejoice because, remember, we, we're going back to so the war in heaven is happening here. Mm. The war that before this war in heaven, now this heaven's war on earth. Mm. And the enemy has already shown that he cannot defeat the Almighty. But God is going to put enormous pressure on his church leaders. And I mean bitter pressure, severe pressure on his church leaders. Because they are going to have to do it right, or they're going to have to move out of this way. And we think that, I've, I've been saying to you over and over again, people are leaving Christianity, and we're all like, oh, I mean, oh, poor Jesus, Jesus is clear. He's <laughs> He really is. He's like, I'm finally getting the garbage out. I'm finally getting relics out. I'm finally getting old, old pieces of. stuff. I'm, I'm getting it out. See, a lot of, lot of this stuff was raining in this day, but it's become a relic. Now it's just statues on the wall. Mm-hmm. You know. And so he's, got, he's excited. God is so excited. He says uh, because he's moving them to leave them. Mm-hmm. God is literally moving people to leave Christianity so that the truth remains and the pure can be seen because yes. they have obscured the pure. Ah. I know. Well, she you want me to hit? Which one? Okay. Yeah, that's, good. that's good. You like that one? Would you like this too? Uh, yeah. Sure. be okay. yeah. yeah. I'm gonna keep them in the black because so you know I like got <laughs> There it is. See, they have obscured. Not the word obscure is that you take off OBS and you're cured. They have blocked God's ability to cure the souls of His people. And you can't cure the souls of God's people with impurity, with things linked with the same thing that's destroying them, with with what He cursed. They don't get healed. So, these, this leadership program that's coming up will not be technique-driven. It will not be what you're accustomed to. You're just having your technique, just going to your meetings, and I was sat down with Brother so-and-so, and, and he mentored me. I mean, I wasn't taught, but I got it caught, and it caught me. That's not going to work because God needs intelligence to be tied and bound to instinct so that your reflections and your reflexes and your reactions. Are effective, but they're also transmittable. It's hard to see feelings don't transmit, they travel because they're contagious. So, we're, if I come in and I'm feeling great and you're feeling bad, if I'm exuberant enough, if I'm joyful enough, if I'm enthusiastic yeah. enough, then you catch it like you catch a cold. Yeah. Intelligence is imparted. It's dispensed. It's instilled, and that is different. And that, but that intelligence that you take, and it comes into your brain. It comes wisdom comes into your heart. We think that knowledge hits your brain first. Wisdom hits your heart, which is how God, literally, uh, mixes and fuses feelings and intelligence. And then that wisdom goes up to that brain to become intelligence laced with God's sentiments and sentiments grounded by God's love. The last several decades have truly tried this generation to be thoughtless and thoughtless equals careless. Thoughtless equals callous. And so, why do we have the crimes we have? Thoughtlessness. What's been in people is feelings. And feelings are automatically subjective unless they go through the intelligence process to become object- objective. That means to shed all of their personal preferences and and advantages. And to become just pure effectiveness. Mm-hmm. So as we go into this, um, they're going to put up on the screen, I think the second slide. But I want to read you a few things, if you, um, for you to understand where where this is going with leadership. If you're called to the leadership of the future, that future being January twenty twenty, mm-hmm. if you're called to that. Because 20, the 20s are going to be the decade of revamping, of renovation, of reversing. Then you will be interested in this. This comes from my book, Now That You Are a Leader, and this is book two of Sage Council that averts news leader incompetence crises. We're in crisis because of incompetence. We're in crisis because of lack of development. And so when you're operating from your feelings only and your perceptions only, you, you are constantly in crisis because you have lost the benefits, the advantages of critical thinking. We do a lot of critical thinking exercises and, and uh, experiments in my programs because you need your heart has its own thought line, but they're all tied to appetites and desires. They become wisdom when God's word enters it and separates subjectivity to what he wants to become intelligence. So all leaders host and stow authentic versions of themselves within that the world rarely meets. So the leader you see might not be the leader who's to be Nonetheless, that undercover, undercover being imposes itself in every aspect of leaders' existence on multiple levels. To enter the world of leadership and to succeed there, those promoted uh, undergo or should undergo more than fringe and inspection of their qualifications. Assuring others follow them depends on the newcomer to leadership's soul Brought into this sphere of service. Move on. Assessing character beyond demeanor happens in the soul sphere of the man, where emotional breathing is solidified and manifested to the world. You have an emotional breathing that may or may not be the same as your intellectual breathing, Mm -hmm. or your character breathing, or your ethics breathing, so what's bred in you is more than your feelings. It's important that you know that. As a, as a comparison, in the way practical uh, cachets, I use the word, I have a word called soul cache, Because there is a whole reservoir that in your soul that catches everything that happens to you from day to day. Mm-hmm. Okay? And the, so physical stock material is inventory, inventory in your makeup. These include your archives, things that happened that you remember, don't remember, recall, that, that literally flew past your consciousness but never bypassed your soul. Couldn't escape your soul's grip. Mm-hmm. And then there are valuables, things you cherish and, and hold dear. And then there's the merchandise that you want to trade with the world for success, prosperity, and wealth. Now these are in there, they're working, but they've been breathed on, they've been assaulted, they've been attacked all over the place. And all of these fall into this reservoir to preserve them from loss and damage. That's why damaged souls may succeed outwardly, but they constantly bleed inwardly. And it's that bleed up and bleed over that distorts their view of leadership, that distorts their their rationale for doing this or that. We in the church, we are a lot of bleeders as leaders. And those bleeders are who are literally the ones destroying leadership. Yeah. And they're destroying God's people. They destroy the people they lead because when something is bloody and ceasing, guess what? It splashes on everybody. And that that splash doesn't just cut them. That splash literally infects So the body of Christ has been infected by bleeding leaders, by cheating leaders, Mm -hmm. by angry leaders, and by self serving leaders. This is the product. If you look at the sheep, you know the shepherd. Because the sheep reflect the shepherd the way the moon reflects the sun. I wonder, uh, so here's what I'll, oh, here, here we go. Okay. To never miss a moment and thereby opportunity to profit from what happens to them in life, there are people, uh, excuse me, their soul hoards and spasms every minute of every day. It captures and registers a person's life for sustainment and enduring purposes. What is fast away in leaders' soul. Should not come as a surprise to those who induct them. Pre leadership beliefs, values, opinions, mindset, and the like should be a matter of record somewhere. Responsible leadership appointors vet prospective leaders' hold content. They sort and sift them before they are given the keys to the kingdom, so to speak. Prior to induction, future leaders' readiness. To serve ought to be ascertained to verify their soul's capacity to thrive under leadership pressures, because sometimes promotion kills your soul. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it goes. The most telling methods should be multidimensional and multi-layered. Soul investigative tools used should start with the state and habits of mind and delve into the soul's substance and issues. And they're not as synonymous as one might think. Coming down to the end. These are thoughts I want to lay out for you. Rashly appointed, charismatic, or eager leaders eventually downgrade their organization and its leadership. Shortfalls that should have been discovered beforehand work against it. Failure, oversight, narrow perspectives, and timidity all team up to cause error, loss, and setbacks. Followers become disillusioned, clients dissatisfied, and output severely compromised. You should, at this point, take time to think on what has been said so far, and this is an assignment, and literally draft a one-page essay on its veracity and decision. Why did I go through that? Because many of you want God to answer what happened. In this course, will tell you what happens. Well, actually it's a program because it goes into our leadership program. But it tells you what happens. No one should be put in leadership without there being some sort of documentation of how they think, what they feel, and what drives them. What are they doing with their life experiences? Are they making tools or are they making weapons them? This is leadership training. So, um I want to go on this is the last piece this is under the heading if you m- m- to remember examining new leadership thoughts because the Bible says that a person thinks in their heart so they are he didn't say that he didn't say not as they think in their heart Why? because the heart is distilling the mentality that the brain sees, and distributed as thought. Many readiness programs historically ground themselves with theory and techniques, understandably a traditional place of beginning. While the approach has served education and readiness programs for ages, I just want you all to know that, a major flaw exists in it. Unexpected, undesirable outcomes keep emerging that only recently is being acknowledged and tackled. A heretofore inexplicable, yet overriding effect reverses the plan. You graduate. You've got the, you've got the clean job. You are smarter. You graduated at the top of your class. You're smarter than everybody that you met. You were historically the smartest person in the room, and yet you get into that position, and all of a sudden, a mysterious force drags you down and drags everything that you stood on and you relied on down into some sort of abyss that you can't explain and you can't ever find it. And so you spend your time, now it could be a situation that forced it, it could be a loss, it could be whatever, but whatever that, that event was, it became the catalyst for your emotional destabilization. You all like this? So moving on, weakening or diminishing influences muster beneath the succeeders' purpose to pummel the education and training that equipped them when both that equipped them for their position, when both came into contact with actuality, the shortfall surfaced. The burden success put on the emotions can so weigh down succeeders that what qualifies them for a worth disintegrates. The pressure of having to keep up with references, produce and reproduce, achieve and sustain, that success can literally turn on some people and gut their success. What initially upheld a person's pursuit and attainment of success, despite the degree and caliber of readiness that they possess, often demolishes, soul because the soul was never trained to sustain success it was trained to exhibit this reality awaits uh, this reality awaits and initially starts every newcomer to leadership which is why it is scheduled in our teaching it is not until you put your heart head and hands to leadership plow that you flip the switch that absorbs your success into leadership's enduring constraints. You start, you know, like, you watched it. You helped out. You did I helped out with Pastor Ashley. I mean, we got along, and then one day she went away for a month. <laughs> and all of a sudden, what she made it look so easy, it swamped you, dwarfed your ability. When the limits of your wherewithal clash with leadership's all-or-nothing rigors, you then find out how unready your readiness process made you for its regimen. Strictly mental and manual training exposes those in charge to crisis. Naturally resorting to their manual and procedural guides is a logical first step. When these fail, the leader must search out causes and solutions from within. That they most likely were never taught. Should situations define norms, the inner self must take over so intelligence can call on instinct for responses to atypical issues. Most people with instinct have not been trained for the success they're pursuing. Because what is taking the place of instinct is aspiration and desire, and that's different. So we're going to go to, are you ready? Number three. I've been talking so far to bring you into the idea or make you even aware of the idea of the soul of a leader and of People are leaders from their heart, if they're born into it, and from their head, if they're trained for it. That's very important. Now, everybody has something to lead in life, beginning with your life. Typically, you know, and we have, uh, because it's been misused, I'm sure they have very good reasons for it, but there was a time that people had to talk about their life, their lifestyle, and how they live or how they make choices in order to let possible um, promoters know who they're promoting. So they wanted to know about your lifestyle and your home and your whatever. And so what happened was, of course, a lot of that was misused and a lot of it was abuse. I'll go with that. But it was still a good place to begin because the first thing people lead by nature is their life. Now, that lifelong leadership, Develop patterns and principles that operate on philosophies that are never talked about if the person doesn't get its training or doesn't get into a training that's going to put them in professional leadership, leadership outside the home. And there are times that that's very good. Case in point, we all have heard about the woman who gets a high level job because she raised, uh, she has six kids and she raised them and she managed the household and whatnot. And that's not a bad way to go, but it's very narrow, because who's to say your house is the same as the company's house? So if you thought you were that good, if you think you're that good, then you need to go and take those raw talent, that raw experience, and bring it into some sort of professional training or refinement setting, so that now it's enhanced, it's enlarged. So that's just an example. When you are... Called to be a leader, you think differently. The number one thing that distinguishes a born leader from a learned leader is that born leaders don't follow the path. If they're not going to leave the path, they're going to ignore the path. So you won't see them trending, panicking over not being like everyone else, wearing the same thing. The actual leaders know that they are going to break rank with what exists so that they can institute or they can innovate what will be, what they're in the planet to do. I listen to people, and I'll tell you weekly or all day long, because that weekly is up and we're not like everybody else, people have a problem with us, they don't like how we do this and that, they don't have the whole, uh, it, all of that tells me you are a wonderful follower. <laughs> Coffee? <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> You gotta look like everybody else. You start picking up people's lingo, you don't even have your own communication style because you're too malleable. All of your faculties and all of your attributes are too uh, too spongy, they're absorbers. You can hear a leader or a future leader just by the sound of their voice. It's strange, they have a very interesting, curiously. Decisive sound. And it is decisive. They don't like say, I don't know. That bothers me. Really now. I'm I'll figure it out. I'm gonna know. <laughs> Most people, the school system, government, business, they train people to be sponges. Yes. And so they're always dipping that sponge in the jail of society. So this person is always so they get upset. They they don't like. I don't want to be. I don't want a confrontation. I don't want to have to make decisions. I don't want to have to. Um, I, I just I just just tell me what to do and the follow. That is good. That tells me I have a very good follower in the making. But it also tells me that I don't have a leader in that person because that person needs too much of what they're to lead. It's the neediness, Leave. And that meeting This was bred in you, and how you respond to it. So there are people who are stubborn but not steadfast. There are people who are steadfast but not stable. Mm-hmm. See, there are a lot of factors in here. There are people who are opinionated but not judicious.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: See, they, I'm giving you factors and qualities that you need to think about. There are people who want to have their way, but can't collaborate. Oh. So, so those, a renegade leader is great for change, mm-hmm. but detrimental for stability and security. Because uh, <coughs> a renegade leader is great for revolution. <laughs> <laughs> I got some of them. <laughs> Shut it
3: up,
1: honey. Mm-hmm. The revolutionists are who you need, but they, but once they do the job, break down what they're supposed to break down, and and, and at least in plan or in bed, once to replace it, you've got to switch them out because they're always fighting,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they're gonna keep fighting because they don't know the fight is over. <laughs> and that we won <laughs> Don't do that. and that we won
0: else.
1: Do that. so did you go to um, number three because it's, it's not showing on my screen so what am I not doing okay, okay. okay. so uh, uh, the, the biggest thing about leadership training there is a place for the sovereign. There's a, a place for the high headed the revolutionary if they can submit But I don't care what your leadership attributes are and traits are, you need to have the power to do two things. Bring your soul under the purpose. Mm -hmm. And work with those who are entrusted to make that purpose happen. Mm -hmm. If you resist the purpose, you may be a leader, but you'll never be a partner. You'll never be a collaborator. You'll never be a teamer. Mm -hmm. And it's important that you know that. Okay, go on to the next one. Go down
2: two.
1: Where are you? Okay. This is where I am. Okay. So if you look here, there's this guy. He's got this hole with the world. His purpose is sitting in his chest. I love this this particular one. His purpose is sitting in his chest. His soul is overlaying that purpose and overlaying that. If you can see all of this, it's the word leader. Leadership is in your soul first. So if people, your call to leadership will show itself through how you react to how people treat you or act towards you. So if you go turtle, we know that you are an introvert. I'm just going to draw myself in. It's going to be me, myself, in the world. (laughs) You know? And then some people, they're just going to come outside it. And, 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 and while, they, while they're young, they resolve how they're going to handle it. Now, here's where it gets good. Everybody has heart resolves and everybody oh. has heart vows. Yeah. But the difference is the one who's called to make a difference not only vows for themselves, but they vow to alter the future for those who have experienced what they did mm-hmm. to, prevent them, to prevent others from living. Mm-hmm. So they become your activists. They become your advocates. Yeah. They become your social changers. And social architects. Is this good? Yeah. But we have to deal with that heart thing. And you have to deal with the soul. Now, the issue today is that we say we deal with the soul, but we're really confining that dealing with uh, to emotional intelligence. But the soul holds more than your emotion, the soul holds more than your heart. And the soul is that key interface that factors in everything that makes you who you are but also gives you the power to revamp it to who you're called to be or want to be. Next one. So leadership, the compass of your, your leadership, your future leadership, begins in your heart. Your heart, you determine, I'm not going to live like this anymore. Your heart says, I'm not going to do this or that anymore. Your heart says all of these things. So in your heart, and, and so it then takes an idea and turns it into the desire that shapes your appetite. And not only your appetite, but it also tells those appetites how to fulfill themselves through your intelligence. So that is why God said, uh, the guard your heart with all diligence, because it's an incubator. Exactly. And out of it comes the issues of life. Your heart breathes it. That's why you can get in leadership because you are a good technician. You can get in leadership because you understand its techniques, you understand its methods. In other words, you understand its manualization. You even have a good handle on its mentality. But what you don't get are who's driving it's motivation, and not who's moving your desires from your heart to your head. Okay. And how, what kind of pathway and signatures, signals that you, that you lay out along the way. So what we have now is a generation, 20 years, a couple of decades of kids who were told it doesn't make any difference who you are, what you are write your paper, just write it out, submit your paper, do the assignment. You don't need to become who you're called to be. You don't need to become what you want to do in life. You don't have to become anything except a person who passed the program. Mm -hmm. And so then what the schools did is the schools left it on the business. They left it on the professional world to work through, or no, to suffer through, because they just got to a point they were working through it, to suffer through the the psychological, psycho-emotional, Issues that these kids graduated with. Hmm. Huh. So businesses are like, y'all crazy. We're not going to sit here and hire somebody and pay them three, four years, five salaries and pay for their psychological uh, okay, treatments and therapies. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> because they understand that head and hands spring from a heart. And the state and the condition of their heart determines it. So your, your heart is in it. Ecclesiastes 3.10, he has made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he has set the world in their heart, so that no man can find out the work that God makes or did from the beginning to the end. So God is very smart. He's a really awesome creator. I think we'll keep it He's a key. So when you, when many people, and people struggle with this because they cannot get the rationale of the Almighty. If God put, it, it put the world in our heart, why did He put the world in our heart so that no one can find out what He's doing from the beginning to the end? Safeguard, God. Because He said, O oh Lord, Jeremiah 10 23, O oh Lord, I know that the way of man is not in Himself, it is not in man or people that want, meaning, want the earth, to direct themselves. So he puts the world in a receptacle that can't figure out life. Isn't that
0: powerful? (laughs) So...
1: We have these passionate dreams. We, I mean, we're hungry. We, we know it. We, 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 just. But we always, we're false. We're we see in part. Yeah. And we understand in part. And then he said, I put it in their heart for a reason. To keep them out of my way. So that their mind can't mentalize what I'm doing until I'm done. Mm-hmm. Because if their mind figures it out, they're going to try to walk it out their own way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then when I start giving instruction, they're going to tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, right. mm. yeah. You know that's awesome. Yeah. So he's like, it's in your heart because it's in your calling. It's in your core. It's in your makeup. It's in your genetics. But it is not in you to set it up, to stage it, to happen. But yet, as God tweaks it and fix it in your heart, it then by. Because he said, to find out means what? To find out something is to search it, to look for it, to explore and investigate it. And we we all do that to God. We do all this stuff and then we're like, that didn't work. You told me I was going to do this. Why is it not working? Because you're doing it your way. He said, you wouldn't listen to me. Sometimes we get so hyped up on an idea from God that we just tell God, sit on down here. We got this. Jesus, if he needs you, we'll come back for you. But I am still live. And so God lets us do it because it keeps us out of his way. <laughs> uh, you know, it just keeps us out of his way. And so he goes and he directs our steps towards the path that he's laid out after we have stepped in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. And, and you'll know he did it because you'll when you get to success, you'll remember that he brought this person to your mind. You remember you crossed paths with that. You remember you saw that so-and-so place. And none of them meant anything. They were all disjointed and separated, isolated. But when he break them together into the composite, it's called destiny fulfilled and purpose attained. Then you know, oh, okay. So this is what, what you had all along, because we always going to tell them what you had all along. <laughs> yeah. And if we're real arrogant and dishonest, we'll say, well, we knew it.
0: <laughs> you know, emotional
1: integrity and emotional honesty is a big deal. That's a, that's a hard thing. Most people are emotionally dishonest because they're running on what they mean and what they intend and not what they're delivering not how they're constructing it. So what you compose on your thoughts and intent is what you remember because, after all, ego is me. I'm me. But when you really are called and you will know you've matured, when your way can separate itself, literally come from behind or come from over God's way because our ways are always overlaying his. When your way, your thoughts, your intent – When you can get to the point to say, you know what, I'm telling you, you're right. I did it. Mm. I did it for these reasons, and I realize what I did wrong. Because until you can understand why you compose your will and your desires wrongly, Mm. you cannot get them right. Because you have not reassigned the forces and the instructions to righteousness that you've been using through your blindness. Because Alma, he said, "It's not in our heart. We're blind." You know? I mean, Jeremiah said the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Yeah, but that was under the old regime. Now our, our hearts are, are really pathetically naive because they're new. We got a new heart, yeah. we got a new spirit, but we're still operating on the soul's code <laughs> and not the new creation code. Yeah. <clears throat> Does this help? Yeah. So. Internal gears and systems mechanize and missionize your your soul's concept. It's it's not there. Imperceptible yet definitive machinery materializes what your soul does out. Or it materializes your soul's debris. Failure comes from your soul's debris. Frustration comes from your soul's debris. Disappointment. Because your soul's Literally, your soul is operating on the sediment, the seabed that got you to where you are, and now you want to put uh, you want to put uh, the word of God and Christianity on top of that. But Psalm 19 says that we have to be converted. That's the first thing: converting the soul. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to be converted because we are not. And the reason you don't want to be converted is such a simple reason, but it's really like. But the most um, tragic one of them all is that you don't trust that God has your best interest. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. he had to say that because it was like, you're not going to do it, I know you're not going to do it because you'll never do what I want. blah, 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 and I know I'm always wanting, and I saying I'm always wanting something that you don't, see that's different. You have to deal with your wants. You have to deal with that appetite. When we get to Sunday, we're going to talk about your soul appetency that you yeah, know, and that's powerful, that's verse your soul's appetency, because you can fix this. This is not a matter of standing in a prayer line for 97 hours, going there every week just to see if, if the next one got a better touch. This is not about that. The, the humanity is, is a favorite. <laughs> Isn't that what they do? We will find out who got the best touch. Who is, and then you say Jesus is with them and not with the other person. And that's the whole debate and discussion in itself. But you're going to want to to, to um to definitely those of you who in Talk so you, you want to show up at three o'clock for let's talk soul Sunday. Because you have more power over your soul. They you know the world counts because you know the world counts we are the masters of our own fate and destiny and all of that. They do. They say that. And they're not entirely wrong, but they don't tell you is what to do with the things that enslave you. The things that keep shipwrecking you. Like, well, how do I make that switch over? What do I do to cut this out and in, install this in its place? And if we, if we, if, if we just keep thinking with our feelings, we will never get the logic of the lawnmower. I said, maybe, right? Because God had to make the same decisions for Himself when He, before He did all of this magnificent stuff, He did that we have to make. That's why we have to walk this journey because He found out there's no other way. God had to find out how to keep himself alive. So then he goes around, comes down eons later and talks about humanity. He said, They got to know to activate me and they can't keep themselves alive. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Well, he already found the secret to not, you know, not dying or deteriorating. So you have to recognize everything that we are called to do. That is why we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God had before ordained, that we should walk in them. So there is an ordained work, but there's also an ordained walk or path on that work. You want to do it, again, going back to the person who is a follower. You want to do it man's way. You want to do it human's way. You want to do it that way because you can observe it and it it makes you feel like you're a little in charge. I'll have a little of this, a little of that. I'll just mix these together. And God's like, you know, in the flesh dwells no good thing. And your soul is old flesh until your spirit renovates it Mm. or converts it, conversion renovates But you have got to decide whether or not somebody who has managed to keep themselves and literally countless billions of people, Alive knows what he's talking about and understands the end from the beginning. See, when you when you get a vision about something, that's the end. Hmm. When you get the wisdom, you get the beginning. That's why the vision is finished. All done. This is great. Like, and you look at that picture. I didn't dare. Well, sure. I didn't And you just try to walk out the steps you see in that vision. And you get the prophecy, and the prophecy kind of helps you out a little bit because it's telling you, A, it's the will of God, B, it's going to happen, C, it's already etched into creation and in you. So that's real good. I mean, I mean what, what, what else could there be? How about the how to? The who to? The when to? The way to? The why to? The who should? See, all of those hows, whys, and whatever, those are the wisdom. And if a prophecy doesn't give you wisdom, it's because it's not time for you to perform it or pursue it. Because when God wants you to, my team is coming, because when God wants you to, oh, wait, I have one more. When God wants you to implement, you then get all of the techniques, technologies, etc. cetera. Until that point, all you have is theology. All leaders well, we talked about that host and soul are authentic versions of themselves within that the world rarely meets. Yet, to succeed, we need you, we need that surface you to fuse with that subterranean you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not just subconscious, because, you know, again, I had to wrestle over that. There's a you beneath everything, the you that's being, being literally seeping from your spirit into your soul waiting for it to, to gel, waiting to be able to form itself and rise up. Now, I know these are complicated terms and complicated things, but they complicate because complicated because y'all have y'all been listening to people about people getting saved and how to get them saved and all of that. But let's talk about thanks to <laughs> So I'm never again going to apologize for what I have learned. I'm just going to tell you like everybody else did. Keep at it. If it is it's for you, you'll do it. If it's not for you, you'll toss it. And either way, it's your life. Your righteousness only helps you.
0: <laughs> come on up. Oh is
1: this all right?
0: This
1: is all right. Responsible leadership appoints best prospective leaders, soul content. You can come on. Because these here you know, I'll read them. I'm just going to give them the scriptures. And, that, I okay, save the link right there because that's where we end. Yeah. This whole piece, everything that we're teaching, everything that you see us doing is about leaders because if the leader doesn't get it right, the fallen follower falls off the cliff. The leader has got to set the faith, the leader has got to establish the direction, and then put the guardrails and guidelines up there for the followers to follow, because the purpose of leadership is replication of those who have entrusted their will to you, even if it's in a very narrow context. So. You have to look at it. If you are, and I'm going to say this, if you are one of those parents, you're a weak parent, you have weak kids, which means your kids are empty sponges that anybody can drench with their mindset. If you are a hard parent, you're going to have very resistant kids, and they will be irrational because their feelings are hard. They think their wisdom or their knowledge and intelligence is accurate. Because hardness is just as dangerous and detrimental as weakness. Excessive hardness. You know, I mean, we found out, uh, God told me once recently, about two years ago, you know, when we had all of these people who were, um, you know, I mean, I'm exercising, I'm good, I've been doing it all my life, and I went to God, well, I don't even know if I went to God, but he just decided that he was discuss it. But, you know, we have those moments. He just wants to talk about it. And he said, do you know why they're having heart attacks? I said, no. He said, because their muscles and their heart are so hard that it cannot, they hit a point where it has to rupture. Mm-hmm. And I said, but God, they, you know, they, they, so he said, but the, the, the heart, like every other part of the human being, ages. And so an aged heart can't do the same best presence as a 20-year-old heart. Okay. Can't run the same lap. And so I said to him, so he said, what they don't see is the tears that lead up to that. Very, very almost indiscernible rips begin to do it. So they're just bad off as the person who has cholesterol and fat and all the other stuff. Because it's a, it's a muscle, it's an instrument, but just like... When you you, you're, you know, you can say, oh, I can still do this and I can do that. And we, you know, the world, they're all excited, the God's life, but it's still going to have the same effect without the same support system and resources. Mm-hmm. So I just thought I'd say that. Yeah, you can come on over because I'm going to finish on that slide so they can read that. <laughs> um, leaders must self-assess. But mature people always self-assess. We don't assume that there's no room for improvement. We don't assume that, th- that there is no margin of error. We don't even assume that the devil can't trick us and blind us, that situations can't blind us to the truth or the cause about things. We don't assume that. Leaders say, you know what, did I handle that as best as I could? Could I have done better? How could I have done better? And deal with the fact that... You might have wounded folk along the way or you might have misled them along the way. Those are important things. That's what a real leader does. But you won't do it if you're trying to please everybody. Leaders are not in position to please everybody. They tell you they serve at the pleasure of their appointees, the pleasure of the government, pleasure of the president, whatever. So the minute you become a leader, your pleasures are put on hold. You might as well pack them up in a little box, put them in the bottom drawer. Your opinions don't matter because you're now, you're no longer a single individual. You are now a representative of an entity. And you must speak that entity or you must not stay as its voice. I I want you all to hear this because you're asking God, what's wrong with leadership? These people are not leaders. They're problems. They're from it. they stand out, they are the cheerleaders. They're your, 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 you know, your Bob Ross, this boom Bob. They're your, they tell you, we're, I'm not your, I'm not a leader, I'm a motivational speaker. Then why are you acting like, why are you standing in the place of a leader? Because if you follow your voice, we don't need to sit in your face. Yeah?
4: All right, so this is really powerful today. You said something earlier about thinkers securing. So I think obviously that was like the, the catap- that kind of catapulted the whole discussion on leaders. You started with master technicians, but incapable souls. Um, I, I think that today's discussion is really important to us understanding where God's going. She talked about the sweeping leadership wave. I think a lot of us love questions about why. Like, why is that particular leader either being replaced or moving or shifting from their particular position. So I think that today was important in that. Um, You talked about most people's instincts have not been trained for the goal that they're pursuing. And I thought that was really powerful too. Um, Just again, talking about how much Inward things dictate outward successes. In the beginning of 3D, it talks about that, you know, that your soul's outward success starts with the just the inward composition, what constitutes who you are is the makeup of your soul. So I think it's important as recognizing that you can be technically doing things externally, but have so many internal issues that ultimately will catch up with those external things. So I think that that's, that's, a, that's a takeaway, you know, from today, ultimately, your internal stuff, because especially in this generation, in my generation, I would say that a lot of us around my age, you know, you are like, we are um, jack of all trades, right? You can do anything, you know, and that can be difficult. You talked about man directing stuff, which was really powerful too, but it can be difficult to pinpoint yourself when, when that is your, that's your personality type, right? Just anything anybody gives you, you can do. Um, but ultimately, if the if the inward composition is not there, the inward fortitude is not there. And I think that that's a lot of people, at least in my generation, um, did not get that inward fortitude from their parents, not get that from any kind of authority figure in your life, even though you can technically perform, you can do. So I think you answered some things today because you sometimes will fall into a, a particular path of life just because you are good at those things that mm-hmm. you can do that. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that your soul is, is, is rightly composed mm-hmm. to then sustain all the demands that come with that. So then you find yourself fired yep. or you find yourself being no. asked to step down or you, you know, or you find yourself failing and you're not really sure why. Yep. So I think that this discussion today really begins to answer some of those why questions. Why was I fired? I mean, I think some people who are listening probably are going through that in their own minds. Why, why did they let me go? You know, um, why was I replaced? You, mm-hmm. know, why, you know, why did those things happen? Because I technically could do these, uh, the exercises of the job, mm-hmm. right, but did not have the soul to uh, be able to maintain all of the other unseen things that go with, with that. The- so I just think that that's an important discussion for for that particular area. I think what, I think
1: your assessment is very um, I think it's very effective, but it's also um, relevant to the point because when you when you hire people, for example, we all know the difference between the customer service person who answers the phone, the manager who sets the cap the schedule, mm-hmm. all right, the uh, the middle manager who re- re- receives the vision to implement the Second level manager who must make what the company wants or envisions happen. But see, if you are not a leader, all you know is your part. And your part is just to get this done. You don't have to consider anything, you don't have to raise a judgment, you don't have to do any of those things. Your job is to get it done. However, that is why you need leadership training because a good training program will let you know where you fit because every person is essential. Every job is important. I don't care if your job is running, against the toilet paper. Trust me, people gonna find that
0: important. Oh, they <laughs> let it
1: not be there. <laughs> At that point, you can become a hero but you're showing up with a rolling toilet paper. Superhero, superhero. Okay. So what you're saying is true. I have found because of the whole thing you're saying, the whole you know technical manual mindset, that it's difficult. people to understand what why a leader is frustrated with them because you don't have the if you don't have the faculty the capacity if those ideas are not even mentioned you can't even consider them but if they're mentioned and you look at that it's like well what's that going to do with what i do then you are not the person for what they need and you create issues for them you create problems they're going to miss their deadlines they're not going to get the material they need to get a job done Major projects are gonna fall through the crash because of consciousness. Because that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Consciousness. We're consciousness sometimes rival rivals concepts. And so the consciousness piece is where we are. When I'm training leaders, I listen to that. I listen to how why they tell me they didn't get something done. I listen to it. That person that always has an excuse is a problem. That's because in their mind they're always in self-defense mode. Mm-hmm. So it's always about you not thinking poorly of them, and not not about them needing to deliver what you need to go on. Mm-hmm. So those are real factors. We're going to be on this leadership journey for a while, um, and when the, when the manual is done, we will open up the class, and you'll be able to sit in it. But this here today, I'm sure, gave you a, a, quite a bit to talk about. What not you say? Oh,
2: absolutely. And this is, again, revealing the mysteries of success and failure. Mm-hmm. Because it's easy to attribute personalities to someone's success, and that boss didn't like me to someone's failure. Yeah. And although there are there can be elements of truth in both, it's never just any one thing. Your your statement, your talent can take you where your soul can't keep you. Explains why. We so many of us can get in the door, get in the door, get in the door, even do a really good high level job. And like Professor Dia has pointed out, but never get past a certain point. How you can be a favorite employee in the company, but nobody actually trusts you with anything. No.
1: Everybody likes you, but nobody trusts you or uses you. And you really have to be astute. To really <laughs> <laughs> you No, know, yeah. nobody ever calls my name. <laughs> I don't
2: they don't they don't call your name. They don't and in the person that everybody talks about behind their back and that employee that nobody really likes, they keep getting promoted, they have their job, they're getting increased, they're being protected when the company is getting cut back. And if, if you do walk in with the social gossiping mentality of Everybody's friend, but you'll, you'll believe that what your peers say about somebody is actually what leadership thinks about them. Come on. That's <laughs> all <time. laughs> so, That's all And that could be somebody who you think everybody loves, mm-hmm. and they're boss. <laughs> or it could be nobody likes them, nobody likes them, nobody likes them, and the next thing you know, they're your boss. And how did that happen? You also, a point you made, if you look at the sheep, you know the shepherd just as the uh, moon reflects the sun. And how, like when people come to our events, they inspect us as your sheep yeah they observe they scrutinize they watch us have little private huddles and corners where we just like talking about tomorrow's schedule they look at attitudes Did somebody roll their eyes that they walk off in a huff are people who is smiling at 6 a.m okay we are you know who who is smiling is somebody dreading as soon as they walk around the corner and they don't think anybody is looking at them they we are under a microscope many people are not even aware (laughs) Because they want to see your leadership, and you taught us many years ago. We didn't appreciate the lesson at the time. Trouble. It doesn't make it any less true, because you don't like it, that when the fruit of our training failed, it was on us. Now, everybody has that person in the class who just isn't going to get more, whatever. But by and large, if the overwhelming majority of what you produce doesn't make it, you have to look at you as the leader. And <laughs> she was in property members saying this, uh, my, my fruit is doing fun. That's y'all. Your fruit is having a problem. Mm-hmm. Just so we know, I put these people under your custodial care. So what I touch works, but what you touch is a little sketchy. And we had to de-sketch <laughs> and really pull it together and come up because that's just the truth, and like you said, when you come off of the excuses and you come off of this and come off of that, and as a leader, you have to go back, and when you talked about being excavated, I think that's a huge part of the leadership excavation process is you can look at a field, uh, a, a orchard, an apple orchard, and you can have a done of a season, and you have to go examine. Is it the tree? Was there an infection? Is it the ground? Or was it a derelict farmer? <laughs> Did you send your people out too late to harvest? Did you not spray to keep the bugs away? Did you not have a, a warehouse that was treated before you put your fruit in there? And and having that uh, constant scrutiny and, and having your motivation as a leader not be, I don't want to get in trouble. Like, as long as that's your motivation, you're going to constantly fail. Yes. Because... Then you want um, to Yeah, I don't want any trouble and I just want you off my neck and I don't like well, you we all have to go through it coming up so we're calling out. me out Yeah. Know. And that's just oh, every time we sit in a meeting, it's me, it's me, it's me. And then instead of saying, But what is this? Uh, oh, it always me? me. Yeah. And not just you just like picking off me, but what about what I am or am not doing always opens the door to be mm-hmm. scrutinized. Yep. And that's part of that gutting. Like, oh because again you it's, leadership to me can be so complex because you have to put all of you in it yeah. but the last person is about a you and, and I was
1: just ready to say that leadership may be your purpose in life but your purpose is not your possession when you're
0: a leader huh? <laughs> okay
1: so you're a leader your purpose is bond. your organization by engaging you, they have bought, they've contracted, they've engaged your purpose for their own reason, their own, what do you call it, um, their own operation. And so you walk around and say, huh, Well, I don't know, they can't get there because God told me this is my purpose. Yeah, but you sold your purpose. Woo! Mm-hmm. You sold your purpose for a paycheck. Oh you sold your purpose for an opportunity. Which is why when you read in scripture, where Jesus says you are not your own, that's what He's talking about. Mm-hmm. I bought. He said you've been bought with a price. I bought everything that was you. I bought it, lock, stock, and barrel. I paid for it with my blood. You are not your own. So if I say sneeze, you better go. I chew. I chew. I
0: chew. I
1: Because you see, you want the. Uh, uh, I one time when I'm done with this, we're gonna move into purpose, really breaking the seal on purpose. Because people are constantly misled, and this, mista- you know, you realize the guy is telling you that this, that your purpose is the most important thing. Is in your purpose, and you sitting here listening to what they found was important. <laughs> that preacher that told you that she found her purpose by sitting around three times. Well, that's because she's a ballerina. <laughs> <laughs> you <the same>. understand? <laughs> oh, <laughs> you understand? So your purpose and all of that, they are, are, they are tools and instruments. Your purpose is not just a, a, a verifier of why you're on the planet. Your purpose is the reason God built you the way he did so that he can plug you into his society, plug you into his enterprise. So your purpose belongs to God's enterprise, whatever they might be. So do you hear that? No. You hear praying, and you hear give yourself, and you hear let your gift make rules, and all that. All of that is down the line, stuff. There is a psychological mm-hmm. consciousness you must have about your purpose, and who it belongs to. Your purpose is your re- is your resource. But understand, when you go and say, I'm going to be on Dr. Price and you have just given your purpose to me. I want you to know. To you, as I see fit. Because I know what I need.
0: But
1: that's business. That is business, and and so we think that you know your purpose goes with your attributes. It goes with your talents, your gifts. You know we love that one that your gift to make room for you and bring you before great people. But when you get there, you got nothing to do but your gift. Your gift is the one time, one hit wonder. Guess what? You just pass through.
0: Remember
1: when? And so your and, and gifts are not talents, and talents are not purpose but they all are interrelated. You brought out something that I, that I wanted to close on, and we're talking about you must become a self-checker. You, We have so wired people to be uh, denying defenders that they can't be honest assessors of themselves right. or of their situation or their outcome in effect. A quality leader considers themselves a major instrument a major implement that needs testing, that needs tweaking, that needs readjusting from time to time. Now the indicators that say I need to be tested, adjusted, whatever, are my results, are my effects. If we're not yielding the effects that we have in our heart, what we wanted to go out, we're not yielding, What the vision God gave us is actually to look like, then you have got to go back and say I have to self-check so I can teach you to self-correct. We teach you to self-condemn. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that owe me more than anything is when, when I correct somebody and they tell me I'll reduce them, I'm a writer. I know the difference between the two terms. No, I didn't reduce you, baby. Because when I rebuked you, you wouldn't be talking to me. <laughs> but my job is to correct because what you can't correct, you can't perfect. And what you can't perfect cannot facilitate anything that you want them to do. So you must be able to to self-check so that you can self-correct. I mean, we look at it in our computers. They're constantly surveilling themselves, the Internet constantly checking themselves, constantly. And yet we are like, well, you should accept it because I meant well. Your meaning well does not achieve a well-done product. (laughs) And so we have to take people off of their intentions and shift them, if they're going to be in leadership, from their good intentions to their quality production. Because people who always mean well don't ever know what well looks like. People who always mean well do do not know what well done is. You heard us say there are people that they don't know why they're fired. You know, and I mean, you're talking about this happy-go-lucky person and she's just the, the life of the office and whatnot, but see, you're, you're enjoying the, the, the comedic break, but the country... <laughs> Is, joining, is dealing with the law. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, working. so you like that comedic relief. That's oh, fun. And you look around one day, death clean, flower gone, bitches gone, and you're like, "But well, we had so much fun with them. Yeah, but they were good for fun, for fun, but not for fun." Yeah. <laughs> <Good evening. laughs> is that right? Yeah. So, so you can walk around there and and realize, and you assume because. Some um, supervisors are non-confrontational, which is unfortunate because they really could sometimes avert your, your uh, termination. But they still have to report upstairs. Okay, so while someone so was cracking jokes and the office was laughing it up, productivity dropped at <coughs> 80%. That happened three times in a day. That's almost a quarter long. You see what I'm trying to tell you we have to I had to tell my folks you know what prayer we don't put a limit on prayer we just put a, a put a place on it and that's not it that's not it you can pray always pray silently to yourself but we have to produce because God is valued by the productivity of his people and the quality of that product that they produce that's when people celebrate Christians people celebrate Christians because they produce high quality and, and, and we, are, we are considered a marvel when we produce high quality despite the persecution that we face.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. anybody who's out to do anything good, you're going to have some persecution, period. But, but when you can override and overcome your obstacles to still get quality, that's worthy of celebration, not effort. I'm talking about people like that. No, I don't care if you tried. You didn't do did. You didn't win. You didn't fix it. Effort is what you're doing, working for you. Okay, so we understand the difference. Quality products and outcomes say that your effort was not about you. Yeah. Mm. So when you go, some of you all, you're going go to your job. <laughs> you're gonna go to your job. You're going to go to your job. You're going to go to your um, your uh, your office. You're gonna go to your company, and you're gonna get mad because you said, I did the best I could, but you did not sign that pay that ch- uh, contract for your best. That's right. You signed it for the company's best. Mm-hmm. So it's your job to learn what they call best, and not call what you intend. Well,
4: it's about right. time. Right. that's so good. So. <laughs> Today, at this moment, we're going to take a moment to sew. This is the perfect time to do it, especially if you joined us from the beginning. You know that this was rich, and if you just came in, you know that it was rich. So we want to go ahead and take a moment to sew. They're putting information on the screen for you guys right now. There are three ways that you can give today. You can do text to give. You can do PayPal giving or Cash App. The handle for Cash App is going to be Dr. Paul Price, and you know the to put the dollar sign. If you're going to do Cash App and then PayPal and PayPal giving, you want to do PayPal.me slash Dr. Paul you can also just do PayPal, PayPal Direct. You can look up Dr. Price's name through your PayPal Direct, and you can send money that way. And then text again, 203-6625. Rachel's information on the screen for you guys right now. Listen, you've got to sew into this. And you can still do Taking It On as well, takingiton.com. We're still looking for partners. you have been a part of the Webathon. You're a part of that with us. We're still looking for Taking It On partners. So, again, take a moment to sew into this really rich word three ways to give are on the screen for you guys right now and you can visit us at takingiton.com if you want to become a Taking It On partner with Dr. Paula Price and our broadcast here.
1: So if you want to uh, if you want to get in touch with me you can text me now I'm going this is brand new so y'all work with me all right but you can um you can call me at 877-419-1299 but you can text me and I think the word is solology Hey, guys, try soul system. And if that doesn't work, text OMNI. And you can, it comes directly to me. So if you have a question or question, am I doing it, right? What's the number? There's uh, the seven, what is it, the seven, seven? Oh, Lord, it's it. it doesn't say. Okay, so guys, we'll, we'll implement this next week. <laughs> Go to Dr. Paula A. <laughs> This will be, this, I, I'm excited about this, my brand new something, because this is amazing, but I do have to, um, they say save my contact, so we'll find out how to do this, because you know what I let I don't know. Anyway, you know, I, I'm almost 70, I'm keeping up, don't mess with me, I am keeping up, so I figure if I can because you know, a lot of my folks ain't trying to keep up, they're not trying to even get up. So I'm keeping up. I love you all. Check us on Sunday, eight o'clock. Sun, uh, Sunday school, uh, eleven o'clock. Excuse me, ten o'clock. Uh, Sunday service at the Congregation of the Mighty, where God stands. Go to my website, drpaulahprice.com. Send me something, Send me a little bit of an email. Let me know what you think. Some of you all do. Don't forget to post on Facebook and do me the biggest favor that you can do for me this week. Other than so, and that is share, 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 and then share it again. You've got to know at least a dozen people who can benefit from this. I'll see you next time. God bless you. Hallelujah.